So Money Episode 643, Dave Fanger, CEO and founder of Swell Investing. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnish Chirabi. Thank you for joining. Question for you. How do you decide what stocks or funds to buy? Hmm? For me, I mean, financial health is key. It's an important marker. But do we care so much about a company's social mission? Really? Like, what's under the hood? You know, how do they care about their employees? Are they really making an impact in the world? Are they values-driven? Our guest today is dedicated to making what he calls values-driven investing more accessible. Dave Fanger is the founder and CEO of Swell Investing. It is an innovative impact investing platform that aims to deliver profit as well as purpose with six socially responsible investment portfolios. It's a platform he started while working for his employer, who actually helped Dave incubate the idea. So this is kind of a great story within a story, right? We dive into the meaning of values-driven investing and how Swell Investing selects its investments, but also how to convince your boss to let you incubate your big idea while working at the company. We always say, don't quit your day job. This is literally working your day job and coming up with your idea and incubating your idea at the day job. Pretty genius. Here is Dave Fanger. Dave Fanger, welcome to So Money. It's really great to connect with you and learn more about Swell. Thank you so much for having me today, Farnoosh. I'm excited to talk about uh, Swell and impact investing today. I'm excited to learn. You know, we've had several guests on this show, founders who have uh, invented really um, popular and efficient, I think efficient, investment platforms, whether that's Elevest, Sally Krawcheck, who founded Elevest, or uh, the folks behind Betterment, and there's also Wealthfront. And so now there's swellinvesting.com. Swell is the company which sort of takes approach that automated platforms are with investing, but with a twist. You're exclusively offering portfolios that are in the impact space, the socially conscious space. So tell us about Swell. What is it and how did the idea come about? Yeah, definitely. It's an impact investing platform where we're aiming to deliver on both purpose and profit. Um, so, you know, we're, we're focusing on companies here that are in areas like you noted around social and environmental challenges that we we're all facing, whether that's clean water or disease eradication or renewable energy and, and others. Uh, but what's different about Swell uh, out there in this space is that we really focus on companies in our portfolios that are addressing these challenges in the business and the product and the service that they have. So easy examples would be like Tesla with electric vehicles. Uh, they would be in our green tech portfolio or Vestas with the wind energy that they uh, provide us. So there's somebody in our renewable energy portfolio. But you can see that as you look at each company, uh, you're learning what are they doing to really address these sustainable development goals that the UN has set up. Uh, and it's a great way to both, uh, from an education standpoint, learn about how they're making impact, but also a way now for you to invest in an in accessible fashion 
Um, at Swell, we're really trying to be transparent and democratize uh, impact investing. And for us, uh, we have a, a minimum of $50. And that's, that's great because it's a way for uh, folks who are interested in just putting their toe in the water to try it out at 50, or we've got folks that will invest 50,000, 100,000. So it's kind of, um, you know, up to that individual investor for what their interest level is, but uh, it's a great way to start uh, understanding impact investing at Swell Investing. So many questions. Um, let's start with the returns. Um, so yes, I want to be socially conscious. I want to make an impact with my money by investing in companies that are making an impact. But at the end of the day, how does this compare to, say, putting your money um, in a market index, stock market, broad market index like the S&P 500? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you think about a broad market index and you're holding all of those companies, uh, the main thing that we heard from our consumer research was this interest uh, in moving towards companies that are more aligned with their values. So that's where the impact investing comes in. Uh, so that's going to be a major difference is that all of our companies across our platform uh, are going to fit one of those sustainable development goal themes like clean water. Uh, then it's a question of, hey, I, I want to invest with my values in mind, but I'm not going to sacrifice return. So we've heard that in our research as well. And so a couple of things there. One, on our site, uh, one of the first things we discuss is a, a major index out there that's called the MSCI KLD index. And it's it's a social index that has been around since May of 1990. So we like to show that performance uh, relative to the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500 to show that it has outperformed these broad market indices. And there's several studies that have come forward that we have in our FAQ area that, that show this as well, that you're, that you're not sacrificing return when looking at socially responsible investing. Uh, and for Swell, you know, we've had a live track record since September 30 of 2016. That's when we started our portfolios, our six thematic portfolios. And overall, on a combined basis, it's outperformed the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500 to date, uh, as well as when you look at the individual thematic portfolios, um, those have, uh, you know, many of them have outperformed as well. In fact, we've seen uh, just as recent, we had a, our green tech portfolio, you know, cross over 30 percent on a return since inception. So there's a, there's a lot to discover on the site as how they're performing over different time periods. But this is really um, you know, a long-term investment when you think about uh, these social and environmental challenges we're trying to address. And that's really where the, the value will come into play. Diversification is really important. And so while someone is creating their investment strategy, where do you see Swell fitting into that strategy? Is it, you should put all your eggs in the Swell basket? Maybe you like that, but, you know, from a real, uh, <laughs> you know, realistic standpoint, rational standpoint, should you look at Swell as more of maybe an alternative bucket? What, what do you suggest? Yeah, for each investor, it really comes down to willingness and ability to bear risk. And you want to think about from a, an ability standpoint, uh, especially these digital platforms, um, you know, it's, it's tending to be a, a younger age that's interest into the digital platforms. And there's an amazing ability uh, for somebody that's in their 20s or their 30s to look and see, uh, I've got this human capital on my personal balance sheet. Um, there's so much value there uh, that allows you to then have this ability to take on more risk. So when you think about the stock market and investing in equities, 
um, that's really a, a major advantage to those who are younger because of that human capital. So when I think about, in general, the equity market, um, I could see that being a much larger percentage than what we see today from some of the studies, uh, for example. And, and for millennials, it's, I think, something around 30% uh, of equities are, is kind of the average allocation. But I think that could be much higher. We've seen um, you know, some great papers out there by Yale professors, uh, Ayers and, and Nailbuff. They produced a, a paper out there really showing when you're in your 20s and 30s, you could really push it uh, much higher, closer to even 100% equities mm-hmm. uh, because of that human capital. So we've heard in the consumer research that uh, individuals will look at thematic investing and impact investing and, and be more comfortable with uh, maybe a beginning allocation that's 10 to 20%. Um, so as you can see, it's, it's a, a, the willingness might be 20%, but the ability could be much higher towards 100%. Right. And the cost, tell us what, how much it costs. And I know you said that you can invest as little as 50 up to sky's the limit. Um, is the fee reflective of how much you invest? How does it work? Is it a scale? No, it's it's all one simple, transparent fee. Uh, one thing I've seen from you know my investment background is a number of tiered platforms or monthly subscription platforms, and I wanted to make sure a couple of things. One that it's a simple, transparent fee, so it's zero point seven five percent. Now, on a fifty dollar investment uh, for the year, it turns out to be thirty eight cents. So that's actually quite small if you think about. Uh, even the freemium models that we live in today, like Spotify, that are 99 cents to try out the product. So we wanted to make sure that it was an accessible product. Uh, but also, when you think about uh, the fee, uh, going back to just the simplicity of it, um, we want to make sure that uh, it's reflective by, by applying it against, uh, let's say, assets under management or how much you invest. Uh, it's then transparent when you look at your total return of your portfolio that it's netted out of that on our site versus some of these monthly subscription models. Uh, you might invest uh, and it costs maybe 10 bucks a month to be a part of that model, but some of those will not reflect it in the total return that you see. Um, it's actually on the side. So just trying to be transparent and simple with our fees. Uh, and we found that at, at, at 75 basis points, that overall, when you look at that relative to um, most of the mutual funds out there in the socially responsible space, they seem to be north of 100 basis points or 1%. Uh, and this goes beyond just a product offering. The, the entire platform has amazing content uh, on impact investing that you'll see as well. So it's, it's really an all-inclusive fee. There's, n- there's no more additional charges beyond uh, what you're seeing there on the 75 basis points. What are some examples of companies that we may find in Swell portfolios, whether that's clean water, healthy living, anything that would, be, would sound familiar? Yeah, that, I think that's one of the great things is that uh, the educational component of them not being familiar. I think we're bringing to the surface these companies that are doing great things. And, and it's kind of this aha moment of, wow, I didn't know, um, you know, Mohawk Industries in our zero waste portfolio uh, creates carpet out of the plastic bottles that many of us are sending to our landfills. But they're able to find product to create there or a company like Trex. Um, again, they're using wood chips and plastic bottles that are going to landfills and they create eco-friendly decks. 
So you start learning through our site what these companies are doing. And some of them are small and mid cap companies, but that's part of the, you know, the fun of learning what is going on here in the impact space and, and these companies and the great things that they're doing. So when we think about, you know, other portfolios, it's easy to call out like a Tesla with electric vehicles. Um, but then you can start thinking about in our clean water portfolio, Xylem, uh, creating great things around water treatment technology. So not only do we have insight uh, cards that show this kind of information on each company in our portfolio uh, on the site, but also you'll find in our blog and social media channels that we're daily providing great content there to see in the news, like what are these companies doing with their products and services in the space of thematic investing for these sustainable development goals. I think you have a really cool story about how Swell was brought to the forefront in the story behind Pacific Life agreeing to incubate Swell. Pacific Life, huge financial juggernaut, and that was your employer for many years. And I'd love to maybe have you share a story about how that transpired, because I think, hey, a lot of us work for companies and maybe we have some side hustles. And how do you bring that idea to your employer and not only share it with them, but say, would you like to be an investor in this or help incubate this? You did it successfully. So could you walk us through that? I think that's a really great lesson in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a great uh, part of this whenever I'm talking to different consumers or even at our Purpose Meet Profit events. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get that question a lot. So, yeah, let me walk through that a little bit. Um, from a few years ago, when I was actually leading their valuations under their mergers and acquisitions area, um, I would go through many companies and meet with um, executive management and learn the culture of the companies we were considering for acquisition. And I just noticed that this common pattern of those that had strong values from the leadership and strong values in their culture, uh, that really tied into the profit potential and the valuation of the company. And as I started looking at that, and really at the time, uh, the conscious consumerism that was taking place in the market as you thought about how you shopped and did it align with your values, I was realizing there's not really an accessible way to invest with your values in mind and really tailored to each individual. And for me, it was my type one diabetes. Um, you know, I've looked for ways to invest that might align with the values of finding a cure for that. And I thought others probably have the same, um, you know, idea in mind that they would like to invest with their values in mind. So I started just working nights and weekends on it, uh, developing really the, the business case for it. Um, and a lot of it is showing um, what has been built or what these companies are doing. And at, at a point after, you know, some time of really thinking through what this would look like, uh, it was sharing some of the prototypes uh, with Pacific Life and allowing them to see firsthand, you know, what this could be. Uh, and so they got behind, you know, the business of this and, and the mission of it, really, and started putting the capital and resources that it would take to grow this into a successful impact investing company, uh, similar to how, you know, they've had interest in the past with other asset management um, incubation that they've completed. And, you know, a good example was uh, PIMCO, I think most are familiar with. Uh, and they, they've been a successful organization that um, was incubated by Pacific Life and they, they grew to be now over, I think, one and a half trillion in assets under management. Um, now, Pacific Life has since sold them in 2000, but they're a good example of the power of the support and capital uh, and really the belief um, when put behind our business strategy as well that we, you know, we have a lot there to grow uh, from with that kind of support. 
Right. Because I think sometimes employees might worry that their employer would find their project, their side hustle competitive or a distraction. Um, but you were fortunate in that your company already had a history of doing something like this, like really reaching out and paving the way for a startup that then obviously turned into um, a very successful trillion dollar company. How did you engage that conversation or gauge the topic with them? What was that meeting like? Yeah, the, the great part of how that was broke was really I had been part of an innovation committee at Pacific Life throughout the company as they think about uh, just innovation overall. Uh, there was a great committee form that I was able to be a part of, and that gave me access to the senior uh, leadership of Pacific Life so that I could share other ideas that I had. And so this was one of them. And just with one-on-one -on -one conversations and sharing uh, some of the prototypes and things I had built over those nights and weekends that grew the interest, um, you know, for that senior management uh, individual and then others that started to become more part of the conversation for them to say, you know what, uh, I like what I see here and I'd like to, you know, get behind this. So it kind of just started through casual conversation of sharing these prototypes with them. Uh, to see like there's something great here that we could offer as a new a new technology, um, really a new distribution and, and to a new audience. And so uh, the topic of innovation uh, is very important to Pacific Life. And so this was a great uh, way for them to provide support to somebody like myself who was coming forward and saying, look, you know, I, yeah, I have my normal job in M&A, but I have a lot of passion and interest around this topic. And so it was great to have that kind of support. Um, when you think about across the enterprise, individuals that have ideas and how do you bring those to the surface? Again, I really like this story because I think a lot of us may feel quote unquote stuck at our nine to five, but you're a great example of bringing a, a concept, a, an invention, an idea to your employer and saying, let me run with this. You can back it up. And 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 they said yes, which doesn't happen all, all the time, but it can happen, which is very inspiring. Great lesson. So let's talk a little bit more about your background. I know you have over a decade, 15 years in the financial services industry. Clearly, you're passionate about making a difference. Uh, what is it about your background that brought you to this passion, though? I mean, uh, a lot of people go into finance. Not many people pivot into this direction. Was it something about your upbringing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, my entire life um, really has been a great passion around mathematics. I can remember um, learning very early on as a kid that, uh, you know, I'm going to have to find a great job to be able to afford uh, my type 1 diabetes and taking care of that. I can remember early on, even at age, you know, even eight years old when I first found out, like it was tough for my uh, mom to be able to afford the prescriptions uh, of insulin and blood strips to take care of my diabetes. And uh, we were a family of five kids and, you know, on a, on a low income basis. And so I realized early on that uh, education and, and mathematics um, which I was good at would would help me uh, grow into a career that I'd be able to take care of this kind of, um, you know, this type one diabetes that I had. So I think through an early age, I had that awareness. And then, you know, also, you know, during the summers, we spent a lot of times um, going up to visit some of the lakes there in Michigan. Uh, I grew up in Indiana. 
And, you know, that was memorable to me. Uh, and I preserve a lot of great memories of just being the first one out, you know, to enjoy a day on the lake and being around, um, you know, the trees and the nature and, and the sun all day long as we enjoyed the lake environment. And then at night, just great conversations under that. If, if you've been a part of, you know, some of the great views there in Michigan at night of the Milky Way galaxy, it's just memorable experiences that I try and preserve and, and think about that as we go into offering ways to address these environmental challenges that we face. And then on the social challenges, I mean, that's where my type 1 diabetes really comes into play. It's, it's just a strong interest and empathy for not only, you know, others that have diabetes, but also, I mean, there's others out there, like I had friends and family members that um, have battled cancer. And so there's a strong empathy around disease eradication. So pairing up mathematics with, um, you know, these personal interests to see, you know, how do we resolve these social and environmental challenges that, um, you know, we all are facing, uh, just paired, you know, well into what was then the formation of, of Swell Investing today. What's your personal money philosophy, Dave? Do you have some kind of overarching approach to your own personal financial life, how you spend, how you save? We know how you invest. <laughs> uh, how about uh, in other ways? Uh, how does this consciousness transpire? Yeah, I mean, for sure on the investing front, I mean, I, I couldn't express more. I say this to my own family members, nephews and nieces, and just about any chance I can get when we speak at universities uh, is just really to look at the human capital on your balance sheet. And it's really in the millions of dollars that, you know, folks have got this great education. There's going to be a great cash flow stream um, of career earnings to really present value and see as this true human capital that you have and say to yourself, okay, I have the ability to be more invested in the equity market. Uh, when I see and hear uh, consumers out there, you know, that are sitting a lot of their money in checking accounts or saving accounts when they're in their 20s, even 30s, that I really, you know, wish that they would look at this and, and put that money to work into the stock market. So that's a that's a big ask, I know, but I think there's that amazing ability there to do that. And then it's looking at how am I investing my money and what companies, uh, you know, in the long term, uh, I think you have to look at where is my money sitting in my 401k or where is it sitting in my IRA? Uh, and what companies are part of that? We do a great um, a blog article that's going to be out really on the journey of a dollar, kind of showing when you invest your money towards these companies uh, like Xylem uh, that do these great water treatment technologies, it, it really shows like you invest that dollar and what does that mean at the end? So we want to put our money to good work, both financially, but also to be socially responsible for, you know, 50 years from now, the companies that will then be the leaders to make sure that they're the ones that hopefully have addressed many of the social and environmental challenges that we, we have targeted to solve today. So this really begs the question, what determines socially conscious? Because yes, you can look at a company's process and say, wow, they're really innovative. They're, um, they're, their carbon footprint, for example, is, is very uh, minimal or conservative. They're very conscious in so many ways, but maybe they're having some boardroom battles. Maybe their CEO is not a nice person. You know, uh, I don't have to name companies specifically, but listeners, you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of companies that make 
news because of the politics, because of the harassment lawsuits, because of et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's sort of there's two there's two sides to a company, right? There's what they're putting out in the world as far as their service, their technology, their product, and people love it. And maybe the way that they produce it and engineer it is very conscious, but the way that the company's being led is uh, is is worth scrutinizing. And so where do you draw the line as a conscious investor? Maybe you love the product and the, the mission of the company, but you can't get behind the leadership um, and some of the, the drama. What, where do you, how do you evaluate that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's what we've learned through talking to so many consumers uh, and researching this subject. It's, you know, impact investing and socially responsible investing. This is very personal uh, to the individual. And that's why we have the ability on our site for you to choose not just one broad socially responsible investing portfolio, but themes that you're interested in. And we allow you to even look at the companies in the portfolio and remove up to three companies if you wish, because we know it's that personal. Uh, we know there's going to be companies that you say, I just mm-hmm. don't think that leader, um, you know, I don't agree with their, their philosophy. And, you know, and you might want to remove them, uh, even though they might pass several screens around impact investing. So that tailoring and that curation uh, is available as well. Uh, I think we've also, you know, been quite stringent with our impact analysis team to select the companies that are passing a number of what we consider the most important screens. So one is covering kind of what you're discussing here around um, governance. And we've got to be aware of how this company acts, even if they have great products or services. So we do an overall screen to make sure from an environmental, social and governance um, view that we're only choosing more of the top tier companies. There's rating systems out there that will uh, rate a company anywhere from triple C to triple A. And so we're looking at double B and above companies, double B to triple A to be in our portfolio. But then we're really going beyond that because we want to say that's, that's great. If you've got, um, good corporate policies, uh, a good, uh, efficient means of how you use your power and your water. But we want to see, are you creating products and services that are going to actually uh, help us solve these UN sustainable development goals? So. We're going to make sure that you're, um, you know, producing products that are earning revenue for your business. So it's not just the case that, you know, we could be a part of an organization that makes vehicles that, uh, let's say, use oil to um, run those vehicles versus finding a company that is creating vehicles that's purely electric. So we're trying to find the ones that are really producing the products that align then with those goals that we have around uh, renewable energy and, and green tech and, and clean water and so forth. And I imagine given the direction of the world uh, and where the I see all the innovation that's happening, your portfolios are going to get either bigger or harder to narrow down. <laughs> where, where do you see it happening? The portfolio is just going to get um, more robust and because we're gonna, you're going to have so many more companies, hopefully, to choose from, or you're going to become just even that much more uh, deliberate and specific about the companies you select. Yeah, I mean, I see long term this these portfolios and companies becoming bigger. I think we are seeing this strong demand from many of the studies that we can see where, you know, we don't individual investors roughly. I think the latest one that I saw um, from a study was three out of four uh, are interested in impact investing. And when we talk about just millennials, 
uh, I think the number is now at 86% are interested in it. So when you start having that kind of demand uh, across the investment um, spectrum and you start thinking about companies that are listening to that and, and the products and services that they provide, I think you're going to see them start to turn um, and provide more of this values-based approach to the products and services that they offer because they're human-centered and uh, what they're doing, I imagine, to sell those products. So I could see it more expanding. I don't see it getting smaller. And we can see that in the renewable energy space, um, You know, the number of companies that uh, are really into wind and solar and just the the progress that's occurring in that space with the growth. So, yeah, I, I would say uh, we're definitely going to see some growth in the number of companies. And I think that'll help out too, you know, from the product offerings that we can give out there and, and many other asset classes. All right, Dave Fanger, thank you so much. Before I let you go, though, I do want to have you finish some sentences for me. Every guest has to do this. <laughs> okay. That sounds, I, mean, I try to get fun. to it in every episode. Sometimes <laughs> we run out of time, but we have a little bit more time. And this is fun. We get to get, learn a little bit more about you and your, your money mindset by finishing some sentences. And we're recording this, folks, just as a woman in Massachusetts won almost a billion dollars <laughs> in the Massachusetts, in the lottery. She was like 700 <laughs> $150 million. Uh, crazy. So the question, so the, so the fill in the blank that the, the Mad Lib for you, Dave, is if I won the lottery, let's say $758 million, the first thing I would do is? First thing, uh, I would say first thing, you know, is for me, I'm, I'm so busy with Swell the Startup. So I would say take time to visit my family that's, you know, over in the Midwest in Indiana. Uh, I spend a lot of time, I live here in Southern California. Uh, so I'd want to, you know, visit uh, with them. I don't see them too often. Uh, and then, you know, when I think about, obviously that's a, that's a flight, but when I think about that kind of money, um, I think the bigger initiative for me is around, you know, kind of how I experienced my childhood where um, I, I wish I would have had, you know, better resources and, and mentors uh, along the way to help me around the mathematics uh, and, and really growing into a, a future. So some type of foundation where uh, I could then go and be a part of that and, and help in the education around how, how children can really have all the resources they need to learn more about how they can make an impact and create an even better world for us. I think there's more of a dream mentality that needs to occur than, than there is right now. And of course, my love for mathematics, so it'd be uh, heavily geared towards uh, teaching that subject. Wonderful. Math runs in my family too. My dad's a physicist. Um, I did way better on the math part of the SATs than the verbal, believe it or not. Yeah. It's funny given what I'm doing today for a living, but uh, um, I think math is so important, especially for, for young girls to give them the confidence to know that they are great at math and can do really well with, with math and science. When I splurge, fill in the blank, I love to spend my money on dot, dot, dot. Wow. When I splurge um, for me, you know, I would say the one thing that always surprises me on on my spending is just the daily number of like uh, probably overpriced coffees and lattes that are uh, happening each day between, you know, the day and then going into the night espressos. So uh, I take a look monthly, you know, at, at just what am I, you know, spending things on and that one always pops out to me. So 
they're delicious, but uh, that can that can be quite costly. And I think the other area is just because my type one diabetes is uh, around the technology that I use. A lot of it's not covered by insurance, but I'm always interested in the next um, you know gadget out there to help me monitor my sugar and, and my insulin pump. Uh, so those two areas, uh, I spend some you know additional money on those items. As as one would. That's great. That's great. Uh, all right. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is. Yeah, that would probably be for sure the the diabetic uh, equipment, my continuous glucose monitor and uh, my insulin pump. And actually, you know, the interesting part of both of those is it, it turns out through all of our impact screens that uh, the two companies are actually in our portfolios, Dexcom and Insulet Corporation. Uh, so that was kind of exciting for me to see because um, it kind of aligned with that initial idea of, um, you know, creating a company that would align with the values uh, mm-hmm. to see those pop in there. Do you see a lot of innovation in healthcare? Hopefully, yes. I'm crossing my fingers. You know, it's interesting. I, I speak with uh, an individual as I grab my coffee I was talking about over at Phil's often and, and she prototypes a lot of the new uh, pumps and CGMs and they've got a circular um, pump CGM that's coming out, uh, one by Medtronic and one coming out by Dexcom and Omnipod soon. So I see it there. And, um, you know, we're definitely watching on a daily basis on our social media channels, um, all the great stuff coming out. I mean, we have spark therapeutics in our, um, disease eradication portfolio. And that's one that was just on our social channels, uh, talking about their their aiding and the cure for blindness. So that's that's one we watch on a daily basis on the Swell team on on Slack and on our um, you know Twitter feeds as we share some of that great content. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is. I wish I would probably say um, you know that we could uh, really invest longer term, meaning. You know, at at a younger age, I wish I would have been told, um, you know, put that money into the stock market. I mean, today, when I think about, again, my nephews and nieces, I'm I'm really encouraging them and setting up accounts to get them into the stock market. So getting that money to work, because, uh, again, going back to that amazing ability to bear risk and the longevity, just from my actuarial background, it's it's just like we are just going to continue to live longer and longer. So at a younger age, get that money to work in the stock market. I Someone told me the other day that by if you're alive and under the age of 70 or 75, by 2030, you have a very good chance of living to be 120. Oh, I would say I, I would say even beyond that. I mean, I, I've seen so many actuarial discussions on longevity when we look at acquisitions that I've I've seen some future mortality improvements that would just be astonishing uh, to folks out there. And so I I definitely in my conversations, I'm always encouraging folks to think well beyond even 120 as a as a, as how far you're going to live. I mean, yeah, it's going to go further and further as this technology keeps improving. So the good news I see it is that we're going to be living this long longer because diseases will largely be eradicated. Like the, a lot of the top disease, killing diseases will be, will be eradicated, but you need money to live to be 120. So whether you're healthy or not, you're going to need some money. So get that money in the stock market. I mean, if if you're looking for a reason, um, let it be your longevity, which is a good thing in the end, but well, yeah, we want to wanna, we want to live a, a long and healthy life. So that's why it's important to think about 
you know, what does that world look like at that time? We want to be able to breathe some, some great fresh air and drink, you know, drink yes. fresh water. We want that all available to us. So yeah, it's, it's longevity is going to be there. And then it's just a question of the environment that we're, we're setting wow. ourselves up for. My goodness. All right. And last but not least, I'm Dave Fanger. I'm so money because. I'd probably say it's all about swell. I think it's great that every day um, and night, actually, you know, from my <laughs> work ethic of like this startup, um, it's just, you know, building something that's allowing and ensuring that, that every person can have an impact while investing in their financial future. So I think, I think that's amazing that I'm at this point um, in my career where every day I can come in and know that we're addressing these social and environmental challenges and, and really helping others understand all of this through our impact investing platform. Thanks so much for stopping by, Dave, and sharing all about Swell with us. Swell, by the way, is a pretty good title for a company. It's Swell Bottles. Those companies, those, you know what I'm talking about, right? The Swell Bottles, they are just taking off. It's like the only bottle that matters now, water bottle. Yeah, there is the Swell water bottle. Uh, you know, as we, as you know, we're we're independent from that, but of course, we yeah. we have our you know entire platform. You know, with that name, you know, just really around growth and and good, and then it's just tying into our. You know, our we're over here in Southern California, close to the Pacific, so you know it does tie back into you know the series of waves. So there's a lot of great positive things about the the Swell name. And of course, you know, I get that often of how, you know, are you having a swell day? So uh, we're trying to make sure everyone has a swell day with a good investment return. A swell day, a so money day. Dave Fanger, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks, Furnish. Have a good day. Thanks so much to Dave Fanger for coming on the show and introducing Swell Investing to all of us. The website is swellinvesting.com and you can follow Dave on Twitter at Dave Fanger. And remember, you can always go to somoneypodcast.com to download the episode, read the transcript, and by clicking on Ask Farnoosh, send me a question for our Friday episodes, which by the way, always interested in finding new co-hosts for those Friday episodes. So if you're interested in sharing the mic and going through some of our listeners' questions, let me know. We can make it happen. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope your day is so money. So money.